Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Five nine of the fan. It is the midday grind. Martin and Chuckle until one o'clock, and then we're really just the pregame. You really are on Fridays. <laughs> you are. That's so true. We're sort of the Memphis to their St. Louis <laughs> JV game, baby. Five ninety baseball. And Charlie's our John Brebbia because sometimes he does both. Aren't you on the shuttle? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I take that as a compliment yes. and a badge of honor. John Brebbia is one of my favorite Cardinals. Not just the last couple of years. He's so funny and odd in a in an endearing way that he's quickly climbing the ladder of favorite for the media, especially. He's climbing the ladder. He's one of their best relievers, too. He's actually really effective. That's secondary to <laughs> your comments to the media. Okay, did I so tell you, know. you, I did ask Mozeliak in Milwaukee, I said, are you aware of the imitation oh. that Brebbia does? And he said, not necessarily. Oh, he's going to be sent down now. Thanks, Mark. And I said, well, I'm not, not trying to get the guy in trouble because he's the only one getting people out, but... <laughs> I think he was feigning a little bit. I think he, I don't think social media cardinal person would put that out there and think it's funny without prior approval. Well, maybe they didn't like the fam trade and he wanted to embarrass Mo. Uh, I think he's aware of it. He he played it down, but I'm sure he's aware. It's John Brebbia wearing the sweater around his waist. He's got the umbrella. It's a pretty funny bit. And kudos to the Cardinals for putting it online because they're the fun team now. The Cubs are no longer the fun team. Fun team, Cubs, buttoned up, serious. I know Kicking the bar I know Mo has discussed this, but I remember this might have been seven, eight years ago. I was randomly in Cincinnati for a game for the two Fox, one of those Saturday red zones, and I was interviewing Mo, and beforehand we were talking about social media, and he told me about Twitter that he had that burner account. Now, I don't know if he still does, but and I wouldn't call it, Maybe burner account's not the right. That sounds way. really right. There's nothing, there's nothing that he's trying to do nefarious, but he wanted a way to monitor and be on Twitter like anybody else where nobody knew it was him and could comment and, and all that. Ooh, I wanna, so I'm wondering if he still has one. Randomly in Cincinnati sounds like a, a sitcom. Yeah, maybe like a or UPN a, show. Yeah. Randomly in Cincinnati. Used to be on the WB, then it got bought out by the UPN. Mm -hmm. Possibly, yeah. sounds right. Uh, it is opening day. Cardinals and Padres, 3-15, first pitch downtown, St. Louis. It's Nick Margavicious, a left-hander for the Padres. He's a 22-year-old lefty. Oh, he's going to shut him down. Shove. Yeah. The Cardinals. Game's shove over. Piece. They've lost. <laughs> Max Freed. <laughs> it's, it's done. The Cardinals <laughs> hitters have no prior big league experience oh, against him. Oh, God. This is going to go bad. Left is that still a thing, though? I think it's still a statistically. Max Free shut him down, was it last year? On Fox. Yes. 
Yeah. The Max Free might be pretty good. And then though. he pitched well last night against the Cubs. But yes, yeah, this is the game's over. So while we're ready for the pomp, the circumstance, the pageantry, the Clydesdales, and the hoopla, I do want to point out, not being a wet blanket, I just want to point out the Padres are rolling out a left-handed pitcher you've never heard of, who may be great, but you've never heard of, that the Cardinals have never faced before. There is a little bit of history. Nick Margavicious, Jack Flaherty on the mound for the Cards. We should mention, because it's a lot of baseball today, the Blues winners last night just thumped the Flyers 7-3. to I think Strick said it again that the Flyers' defense was terrible. Yeah, they didn't play well last night. And once again, Strick was <laughs> correct. How about 6-2-2 Blue hanging with Yachty in the suite? He called me yesterday wondering if there's anything he should ask him. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he's not so he's hitting. The, he's the catcher, right? <laughs> he's not hitting. Can ask him about playing third no. that one time. Can you imagine if Strick came in with some high heat, like, "Hey, I'm here with Yachty here. What's going on with your bat, huh?" <laughs> Chris Bryant, boring. Uh, Play that up a little bit. Blues beat the Flyers seven to three. They led five three after the first period. The problem is the Predators, the country buggers, won their home game against Vancouver, despite the fact the Canucks had a two goal lead. It was 2-0 Vancouver. Predators win 3-2, including a goal in the final 20 seconds. Country buggers get it done. The Jets lose Jets. Jets in Colorado in overtime. So what do you have? You have Nashville right now on top of the division, one point ahead of both Winnipeg and the Blues with one game to go. Winnipeg will play at Arizona on Saturday night. That's going to be after the Blues are done. They host Vancouver. So you're probably sitting up late Saturday waiting for the final result. Nashville ends the season at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's coming down to the final season. Jets do hold the tiebreaker over the Blues, but currently they are tied in points. We have seen this now with baseball the last couple of years. And did it start with the whole Adam Wainwright Sunday start years ago where now all of the final games of the regular season – are at what two central? Yeah, and oh, I'm yeah. wondering. I, like that I love that. That's fair because I'm looking at this here as Martin just mentioned. The EPL does that too. Blues play at three, and Nashville plays at seven, and it's Winnipeg a nine o'clock. At, I believe at nine. Don't you think it's more fair if they all play at the same time? It's more fun too. I agree with that. Yeah. That would be more fun. Gary Bettman, get on that. Once you fix upper body, lower body. Let's get this we, final We got to settle the wrist thing first. If that's upper body, lower body, <laughs> then we you can. You need Chuck to stand up and dangle his arm. <laughs> now hold we on can a second. Make the it a argument. I'm going to try to pose this question in a way that doesn't focus on gambling because I think it's actually an interesting question. Also, okay. Do you not think it's smart to parlay Blues win, Winnipeg win, Nashville win, three teams that absolutely have to win? Although I guess at the end, Winnipeg could know their destiny at 9 o'clock, but they're all playing the final game of the season against teams that are already out of it, and the three teams I mentioned all have a lot to play for. I will say yes, it is smart. I think it's funny that you prefaced it by saying you didn't want to ask it in a gambling way, but then like the fourth word in your question was parlay, which immediately made it a gambling okay, question. <laughs> but here's a better question to ask. <laughs> what is your percentage that all three of the playoff contenders don't win their game I'll, Saturday. I'll say a high that they'll all win, but the least confident is the 9 o'clock game just because they might know and they might you know hold back a little bit. Okay. So if the Blues win and Nashville loses, you obviously leapfrog them. If you end up tied, let's say they get a point, you get two, you end up tied. Blues do have the tiebreaker. 
over the Predators, if I'm not mistaken. Winnipeg has the tiebreaker over both teams. So this is really convoluted, but it's exciting because it's going down to the final game. Last year it went down to the final game of the season, but the Blues had to win just to get in, and they did not. So Blues last night, Steiner, a couple of goals. Schenner, your guy, a goal Mm -hmm. and an assist. Uh, Exciting first period. Three goals in under three minutes. Five, three. When they gave up the third goal to Philly late in that first period, they did cut to Berube on Fox Sports Midwest, and he might have said, what in the bleep and bleep is going on here? Unbleep and believable. It was a great shot of Chief. He was not pleased. Because when you get up, you get up three zip, first period, eh, okay, you're up 4-1, okay, now it's 4-2, uh, now it's 5-2, now it's 5-3. They did shut him down after that. And may I say, I, I love Chief. The dude is just so tough, no nonsense. And I didn't see the the cutaway you're speaking of, but I've seen another one this year where that's at least the second time where they've focused in the camera on Chief and he's dropped the F-bomb, which I appreciate. He's showing off uh, the intensity there. I was there pregame when he addressed the media. It's just kind of funny because Jim Thomas starts it off, and you know sometimes the guy gets to the podium. You're just kind of warming him up, and JT said, so did you, you sleep well last night? And Chief goes, yeah, how about you? <laughs> and it's just kind of like, that's just how he is, though, you know? I've got a great blues-related story about our guy Tarasenko that has nothing to do with hockey. That's coming up in one minute here. Fast Eddie's doors are already open. You know, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, doors open at 11 o'clock. I'll bet you it's packed right now. Everybody getting ready to settle in and watch some Cardinal baseball. Good place to do it all summer long. Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. Take the Clark Bridge, turn right, 4th and Broadway. Boy, that grill is fired up. They never stop. Those are the hardest working people in town is the grill at Fast Eddie's. Cranking out those half-pound Fat Eddie burgers, the homemade bratwurst, hot chick on a stick. You know what that is, Charlie? You're just talking about a hot chick on a stick. It's actually, I should know the exact number, It's but it's, it's a bunch of chicken wings it's on two a bites. stick. No, no, no. It's about six or eight little chicken wings on Ooh. a stick put on the grill with a little bit of seasoning. So you actually pull the little chicken wing right off that stick. That's like the that. hot chick on a stick. The big Elwood is marinated tenderloin beef. Mm. Wow. Maybe a little green pepper Listen weaved in. all the in. cooking terms we're using. The food, uh, the food is outstanding. And it's low prices, coldest beer, a lot of fun at Fast Diddy's. Stop by either today, tomorrow, this weekend. Live music going every day. They're open seven days a week. Fast Eddie's Bon Air in Alton, Illinois. Why don't you skip TV duties? You, Chuck, and Mama Marl just go to Fast Eddie's for the home opener. Ooh, I don't mind that. And the station's looking for us and they're like, where are you? Like, we're we're in Alton. We can do a flooding sidebar if you want. Yeah. May I say something if Mama Marlo's listening? Sure. She probably isn't because I'll say something nice and she won't hear it. She heard last time we was crushing a 12-pack. We were talking about her (laughs) drinking beer. But because the Cardinals game was moved to today. My mom was already flying in today. This morning, I picked her up. She's going to watch the baby next week. Oh, nice. But she's a huge baseball fan. And so, look, I was already excited for opening day. But I'm very excited now to be able to go watch the game with my mom. We always talk about baseball and family, fathers and sons, and all that. And that's the same with me because my dad, baseball fan as well. But he's more of a basketball fan, actually. Whoa. Basketball is his first love. My is mom. Cavaliers fan? Pistons, big oh, time Pistons, okay. Pistons baby. Well, that Toledo boys. basketball growing up, yeah. Toledo, Jimmy Jackson, Ohio oh, yeah. State. What I'm trying to say, though, is baseball is my mom's first love. We have all kinds of memories going to Tigers games, Indians, Toledo Mudhens. So when we talk about baseball, family, fathers and sons, 
I'm very excited to share a really cool moment, a Cardinals opening day, with my mom today. Hey, Ma, give me a beer. Hey, Ma. Hey, Ma. Welcome to town. Bridget Marlowe, would it kill you to give me a follow back on friggin' Twitter, yeah, come okay? On. Hey, Ma, follow back. Uh, when Chuck's not home, Kennelwood is there to take care of uh, young Otis. That is right. Kennelwood Pet Resorts. And, again, they want me to tell all of our listeners about Invisible Fence of St. Louis. They're going to be, and they already are, at the St. Charles Home Show this weekend. It's already started. Is at the St. Charles Convention Center today through Sunday. They will be giving away. This is a great prize. This is a big ticket prize, okay? A free invisible fence brand pet containment system at the show. Stop by booth 2110 and enter to win. We have invisible fence brand at our house, and it is so nice. I know you guys joked about it, but look, if it's raining outside and you don't maybe want to take your dog for a walk, but you want him to get some exercise, you throw the collar on, you put him outside. He has the invisible Fence brand, he's safe. The peace of mind is valuable. Plus, this weekend, whether it's today, Saturday, Sunday, if you're headed to the Cardinals games, don't leave your pet cooped up at home. Take them to Kennelwood for some fun of their own. Day camp, boarding. Kennelwood is the hometown team St. Louis trusts for boarding, grooming, day training, and doggy day camp. Let me tell you, we love Kennelwood Pet Resort. has been taking Otis there for about five years. He loves it. They take great care of your pets. Here is the uh, Tarasenko story that I teased you guys with. It's from the Blues Blues Lounge Facebook page, and this was an email that was sent over to Fox 2. And some guy sends this in and said, So tonight oh, no. I went to a comedy show at Helium in Richmond Heights. After the show, I was headed home, came around a corner to see a car in the middle of the road. It's sideways. As I got closer, I realized it was a completely destroyed car. No one else was around, yet I could see the driver moving, so I asked him if he was okay. He climbed out and fell to the ground, stood up, fell again. I pulled over. My friend went to check on him. He seemed to be doing okay, but he was clearly drunk. I was planning to wait for the police and the EMT, watch several cars passing by without stopping. Just then an SUV does a U-turn, pulls up next to me. I started talking to the lady in the passenger seat who was clearly concerned. The driver got out, stood in front of his headlights. We talked for a while without me looking at him. I glance over. It's Vladimir Tarasenko. That's who I'm standing next to. I didn't say anything until we realized everything was okay and we all turned to leave. I just said, Vova? And he gives me a big toothless grin, nods his head, still glowing in the headlights of his SUV. I said, great game tonight. Good luck in the playoffs. He shook my hand and said thank you and went on his way. Aww. I was proud that so many people look up to someone who would make the choice to stop and get out to help while so many others were simply passing by. I don't know how it's possible to love a guy even more, but I do. He's not only a special player, but clearly a good human being. How about that sidebar? Vladdy on his way home last night, stopping the vehicle to make sure everybody's okay. Great dude. And within the last few weeks, went to that that school for kids with special needs, and Vladdy and his wife were there. It was the second time they had visited, signing autographs, taking pictures. I know I told the story, but afterwards when I wanted to interview him and we talked about the school – and I asked him a couple hockey questions, and he very politely just said, look, today I just want to talk about the kids. We can talk about hockey any other day, but he wanted to focus that day to be on these kids, and he made their day. Vladimir Tarasenko, great on the ice. I haven't heard anything bad about this guy off the ice. He's just a really, really good and dude. And then we, he didn't want to talk about the team, so he said, just give me an autograph puck instead. No, listen, autographed card that he signed for all the kids – and then I put it out there 
on Twitter and I said, give me a good story. And I, I sent, I mailed that card to a dad who gave it to his kid. Because again, memories, father to son, passing the game down, hockey from father to son. That's what it's all about. Yeah, happy Halloween to everyone. Thank you for support. Happy, happy opening day, everybody. <laughs> Who doesn't love a player that wishes the fans happy Halloween? And he would do this. Let's get him in and have him voice happy for yes. every holiday. He would do it. He'd have fun with happy it. Happy Flag Day, everyone. 100%. Columbus Day. We'll happy just, Tax Day. We'll roll through the gamut. Hey, an event this Sunday you can take part if you want to get involved and help. That's what we've been talking about with Vladdy, doing your part. The Old Spaghetti Factory, the place to be this Sunday, April 7th from 1130 until 730. The Old Spaghetti Factory and St. Louis Fire Department teaming up here for a great cause. It's a delicious three-course meal served by a firefighter. The tips that they earn all donated back to Midwest Children's Burns Recovered Burn Camp. Old Spaghetti Factory is also donating 15% of their proceeds to Midwest Children's Burns Recovered Burn Camp. Present this flyer. That's one of the keys here. Go to osf.com, oldspaghettifactory.com. Print out the flyer. Bring the flyer in. Then they'll donate their proceeds and while you're there having a great meal, you can tip the firefighters and the money goes back to a great cause. Midwest Children Burns Recovered Burn Camp. The Old Spaghetti Factory on the landing this Sunday from 1130 until 730. Baseball moment last night. The Indians, who haven't had a no-hitter since Len Barker. And this would have been before Chuck was born. Wow. A long time ago then. Wow. So Chuck's a young guy. I'm 56. But this is going back. Len Barker had a perfect game. I feel like it might have been a, was it a tainted perfect, like a short one? or But anyway, he had a perfect game in 81. Indians have not had a no-hitter. Not had a no-hitter. Is that a double negative? They haven't had a no-hitter since that moment. Last night, Trevor Bauer had seven no-hit innings, and they take him out of the game. He was at 117 pitches. Terry Francona, Bauer, all set. It, Francona went up to him and he said, I hate to do it. He said, Bauer told him it's the right thing to do. Now, he did have six walks in the game. So he wasn't, it wasn't a gem of all gems. But if you're Bauer at 117, is there any way you would go out there for the eighth and say, can I get, can I get lucky and get three really quick outs? I mean, aren't you tempted a little bit? It would be stupid to have a guy's arm fall off April 4th. But it's got to be a little tempting when you're the player Francona doesn't care. Well, the Indians haven't had one. And that's not his thing to worry about. But if I'm the player, I'm just a little tempted to see if I get a couple of easy outs. Maybe I could do this. I just think the math on that, if you're thinking ahead. Now, if you go, okay, maybe he could do this and, and finish with 125 pitches. But more likely, if it's 140, I just feel like you're talking about a big risk with a stud pitcher. And I know Johan Santana, different ball game. He was older. But that dude was never the same after he threw, what was it, 140-something That was pitches. a tainted no-hitter. Correct. Bauer's a stud, and you need him. And it surprises me, even, even this current Indian staff, that if you throw Carrasco, Kluber, and Bauer, that none of them have had a no-hitter. I mean, Corey Kluber, didn't he have the game against the, the Cardinals where he struck out, what, 18, 19? Now, I was disappointed because he could have struck out 20 had he been sent out for the ninth inning. I think maybe he allowed one hit that game. Now, I think the issue with the manager there, because, one, you're playing for October. If you're the Indians, you're in a terrible division. You need Bauer healthy in October and not pitching a 
no hitter or a perfect game with a lot or no hitter. First one to eighty two gets the central. Right, is that what they're saying you don't need him throwing a no hitter in one hundred and fifty pitches in in April. But if you send him out for the eighth, you're also committing to the ninth. Like the seventh inning is your last chance to remove a pitcher who has a no hitter or a perfect game going with a lot of pitches. Because even if he gets an out and it takes nine pitches to get that first out, you're committed. You cannot pull him mid inning. And then if it takes him another 15 after that and he still has it, you can't pull him with three outs to go. That's when it gets more convoluted and difficult. I don't know. I just think if I'm the pitcher, I'd say, let me see if I can get three outs on the next six pitches. Let me just see if I can do it. Let he me did just walk see. six. I think right. the likelihood of it happening I think is... I think that mitigates the whole story. Like, well, you weren't exactly dealing. Was it a close game? Uh, you know what? That's it, probably it something we could look at. final. Uh, it was 4 nothing. Okay, I'm not sure when the decision was made. They scored two runs in the bottom half of the seventh. It was 2 nothing when he threw his last pitch. They scored two more runs in the bottom half and won 4-1. to Here's what I would do if I'm Trevor Bauer. I'd go to the skipper and I'd You'd say, look. throw a drone at him. I'd, I'd cut my finger with a drone, <laughs> potentially cost my team a World Series. Yes. Allegedly. I would say this to, uh, to Tito. I'd say, look, I get it. I probably shouldn't go out there. What if I go out there and literally throw fastballs right down the middle every time to try to see if I can just get quick outs? I know that's a stupid question, but if it was 9-zip, maybe you could try something like that. Yeah. All right, a quick break here. Charles Glenn is in the house tomorrow doing the anthem at the Blues game for the final time at a regular season game. That's right, Charles Glenn retiring from anthem duty for the Blues. We'll talk it over with him. And, Chuck, we're going to read some text, okay? Are we? I'll tell you what, though. Earlier we had a lot of text <sighs> on Albert Pujols. Oh, let's, let's, let's be fair. Let's read those. 855-282-8255. All right. To be fair. We'll do that after I tell you about appliance discounters, which hey. is all around. 590 listening area. You can find them in St. Charles. You can find them in South County. That's the Concord Plaza location. They're in Baldwin on Manchester Road, Webster Groves on Watson. That's the original location. City of St. Louis, in addition to Fairview Heights. You might see Albert Bell. It's opening day. Wish Albert Joey Bell happy opening day when you stop by the Fairview Heights location. Theappliancediscounters.com is where you find them on the web. Refrigerator, washer, dryer, you name it, they've got it. Biggest names, lowest prices. And they have a slogan that says, our savings are your savings. And it's more than a slogan, it's the truth. They will do the price checking around town. They'll go to those big box stores. What Name a big box store, Charlie, without naming them. Is that... So you're talking about like Shmom Shmeepo? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Shmoes? Or Shmoes? Shmards? Or Shmace Shmardware? Oh, uh, maybe. Shmaybe. Shmaybe. Yeah. <laughs> They check Hold on, do you mean Schmirkwood Schmitzeria? <laughs> no, we love them. We love Schmittlewood. Just love in case, Schmittlewood. what I meant was the Herkwood Pizzeria. <laughs> they will so dumb. They will do the price checking at those unnamed big box stores for you, and then they'll put it on their price tag so you know exactly what it costs you down the street and what you're paying there. It's always the lowest price. Theappliancediscounters.com is where you can find them on the web. And don't forget Offenberg Hyundai for your next vehicle, whether it's brand new or pre-owned. The lot is full of great-looking vehicles. And when it's Offenburg, you know you're getting great service. And when it's Hyundai, you know you're getting a great vehicle. First manufacturer that offered up 10 years, 100,000-mile warranty. That's because they believed in their car. Hyundai has hired the top designers and engineers over the years. And that's how they won the North American Car of the Year. Did that with the Elantra. Did it with the Genesis as well. OffenburgHyundai.com. Find them on the web. 
In person, it's O'Fallon, Illinois, not far at all, close to Bush Stadium. Opening day downtown, maybe after the game's over, go buy a car. Oh, this weekend. And drive to, that car to Fast Eddie's. There you go. You take Route 3 all the way up. Done. Spend your weekend <laughs> in Illinois. This segment brought to you by the Illinois Department of Tourism. Offenberg, Hyundai, O'Fallon, Illinois. Greenmount Road is the exit. Pre-owned vehicles also on the lot. Start that search at OffenbergHyundai.com. Charles, the textures that would be relevant if we'd read them an hour ago. Okay. Here we go. And first of all, 3, 2, and 1. Is it three, loading? 2, and 1. Buffering. Sounds no, like you're kidding. trying to stall right now. First of no, all, hold on. Before I read no, the text. <laughs> no, because I was going to go to Albert text, but those are, what, about 45 minutes back. They're buried. We get so many texts during the show. I'll start with the most recent. This is not uh, pertaining to Albert. It's the Bo Weevil of Bevo Mill. And he says, guys, over, under, and how many beers Charlie and Mother Marlowe crushed this afternoon watching Cardinals game uh, mother-son bonding time. Hey, Matt. I'll say two at the game and then ten after. Well, Chuck's working I'm tonight. working, so I will be drinking water, okay? Mm. And Mom can do whatever she wants, all right? This is her holiday. This is her weekend. Um, and again, I'll get to the Alberts in a second. Flip Phone Stan says, I guess we have to be Blackhawk fans this weekend, hoping the Blues get some help with teams, of course, beating Nashville and Winnipeg. And then talking about the AAV, I was trying to do the math in my head, about Albert Pujols, 618 says, Seven for one ninety is a greater AAV than five one thirty, and I think that's what we were talking about. Just, just the feeling of of five one thirty being disrespectful. Again, I understand, but things are relative. And to a guy who is hoping for two hundred million, if that was one of the offers, you can see why Albert would be disrespected by that. Um, let's see. Baldwin bottom feeder says, I think the birds gave him something that was realistic, and he didn't think he would be as bad at this point. 314, so he was disrespected by us offering him more dollars in his pocket. 618, if he was taking less money, then why did he leave? Um, I think that's the follow-up there, there and I didn't see the entire interview. Again, Graham Benzinger has Pujols on tape, sit-down interview, 4.30. The show runs Saturday on Fox 2, 10.30 Sunday night. But isn't that kind of the follow-up? Then that whole California tax thing, if you know it's less money, at that point were you so mad that you said, I just need to go where they want me? And that's where... If you, if you watch the whole eight minutes online, or you can watch the show on Fox 2, 4.30 Saturday, 10.30 on Sunday, the clip that really stands out to me, and we played it earlier, was Albert saying, I'm not going to beg. He wasn't going to go and beg, even though he wanted to stay here. And he said when he, he prayed about it, and then all of a sudden, not too long after that, he gets the call from Artie Moreno and the Angels, and they have the $240 million offer. The best part is... He said, I had a team, man, and there was always the mystery team that we thought Bob Nightingale was fed by Dan Lazan, like, oh, the old mystery team. And in the follow-up, Graham says, oh, the Marlins? He goes, yeah. <laughs> like, the Marlins are the team that throws. I was going to save this for later, but I'll ask now. What team would Albert Pujols be playing for now if he had signed with the Marlins after the 2011 season? Could it be Yankees? You know he would have been traded by like, now. The Marlins sent everybody these huge deals. Say, okay, where do you want to end up? It's That's their standing yeah, offer. Like, we will lock in. You you get this huge deal. All right, you're not going to finish here, just so you know. And they try for one year. They always try for one year. If it doesn't work, they trade off all of those uh, contracts for next to nothing. I chuckled when I heard that because how how bad is the perception or the reality of the Marlins, especially knowing that Albert was down there for spring training next to the Marlins for all those years 
And even though they threw out this huge deal, he's just like, like eh. Eh. <laughs> hey, Miami, I get to live near the beach. And he's like, play for the Marlins. So you got the money, you got Miami, you got the weather, you have all these positives, but it's the Marlins. No, thank you. Uh, that's fair. All right, let's do this. Quick break, and then we're going to check in with Jason Isringhausen. Is he on his way to the ballpark? He's throwing out one of the ceremonial first pitches for the home opener. We'll talk to Izzy when we come back. And then Charles Glenn in the house as well. It's a busy midday grind. A lot to get to on 590 The Fan. Sitting at the end.